Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dork down for a Hello and welcome to the Dork Forest. I'm Jackie Cation. I am your host of the Dork Forest. You probably know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. We're all over iTunes and whoever has downloaded it and repurposed it for whatever your needs. That's right. So feel free to review the show on iTunes. Uh, feel free to email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns. Anyway, uh, let's do the credits. Mike Rickbert composed and sang that song you just heard. He sang it with his wife, Sarah. He'll sing again his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio, and Vilmos does my website. Okay, there are many ways to support the show. Let's talk about them. The easiest way is just to tell other people about the show and follow me on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat at Jackie Cation and tell people uh, word of mouth, word of mouth. Another way to support the show financially doesn't cost you anything is the Amazon banner. On JackieCation.com, there's an Amazon banner under support the show. And on dorkforest.com, there's just an Amazon link that takes you to Amazon. And both take you to Amazon. You order like normal, and the show gets a little bit of a kickback. doesn't cost you extra. It's just a way, if you order from Amazon, to help the show. More direct way of helping the show, you can uh, give money to the show via PayPal. There's a PayPal button under the Support the Show page on JackieCation.com, and there's a PayPal button on dorkforest.com. You can donate directly. If you want to give monthly, I haven't made that easy. I don't have a monthly setup. Uh, I know that it's easy. Uh, I just don't have any time to do it. So you have to remember every month that you like the show and then give me money. So uh, I'll use it wisely on audio cables and chocolate, whatever. Uh, another way to support the show, if you don't like PayPal, is people have been Venmoing me money. I'll take it. That seems lovely. Jackie at JackieCation.com. It's just under JackieCation. So whatever. If you have listened to all 600 and whatever episodes of the Dork Forest and would like more Dork Forest, there are premium episodes, probably a dozen of them. And they are, in the last couple of years, if I do a live episode, it usually costs me some money. So I have been putting them up on Bandcamp and they cost money. They cost two bucks a pop. But if you go to the dorkforest.bandcamp.com, you can see those different shows. They're usually live episodes around the world. And there is also a four four stories on a on a sort of a handmade storytelling album that I made over there too and those are just a buck each. So if you want to go to Bandcamp, you can do that as well. You can order merch on jackiecation.com. There are shirts and CDs and a DVD of my stand up. There's the stand up CDs Circus People. It's never going to be bread. This will make an excellent horcrux and my brand new album, I am not the hero of this story. And they're all available as CDs on JackieCation.com. They're all available digitally on Amazon and iTunes. And you can just listen to them on Pandora and Spotify and whatever. So, but if you like hard copies, let me know if you want them signed or not. Um, there's also a DVD of the Horcrux album, which is video. That's what a DVD is. And you can download that at ComedyFilmNerds.com if you just like a download. 
Okay, there are shirts. There's my stand-up shirt, Spooky Reading Girl. There's also two Dork Forest t-shirts. So there's the Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirt, and there is a Dork Forest logo shirt. And all the shirts are made in the United States, union-made, so they run a little big because they're made by Americans. Other than that, my stand-up is available on the website on jackiecation.com. You can watch my Conan sets. You can watch a bunch of different stand-up sets. You can, and then you can see what my schedule's like. Enough of this. Let's get into the show. It's a really good one. Hey, I'm in a hotel room in, in Oakland, San Francisco, whatever, in the Bay Area, as kids say it. <laughs> and Lisa Allard, you are a ranger of the Dork Forest, and we ran into each other at Comic-Con, and you were like, you remember me? I'm the quilt dork. And I was like, I only remember you as the quilt dork, sadly. <laughs> and then, because you're on the Ranger page on Facebook, which is Ranger uh, Dork Rangers, I think it's called. Um, and so I was like, hey, do you want to record an episode? Because you've asked and you're moving. I am. I'm, I'm vacating the Bay Area after 17 years being back and moving to my hometown of Eugene, Oregon. Wait, are you from Eugene, Oregon? I was born in Eugene, Oregon. Well, then nobody in Eugene, Oregon will have a, a leg to stand on when they try to mock you for moving <laughs> from California, do they? No, no. And my mother's uh, moved back to Eugene as well, so she's going to be very close. And my dad's over the hill in, in Redmond, so oh. I am Eugene, born and raised. <laughs> Excellent. So there's plenty of Eugene. So, but this is this is kind of the last opportunity because a couple of people up in the Rangers in the Bay Area are like, "Hey, I live up here. I like there's a guy who's a ballroom dance dork," and I'm like, "Oh, yes, please." Uh, but I didn't. He, he didn't come to the show. So, <laughs> and you talk to me first. And you're moving, so this is kind of perfect. Correct. Next weekend is my last weekend in the in the Bay Area. So, so this- Lisa Allard has brought quilting quilting items i have a friend who quilts but has i don't know that she's ever finished a large quilt and you have large quilts i do i do so okay here's the history when i was seven years old my mother bought me my first sewing machine and she taught herself to sew and i remember her taking lessons uh i don't know if this is dating a lot of people about stretch and sew Stretch and sew. Stretch and sew was learning how to sew the stretchier, more uh, man-made fabrics rather okay. than cotton and denim. And I wore overalls, t-shirts, mm-hmm. skirts, and dresses to school that my mother made. There we go. That, oh, you know yes. what? That, that, of course, made you the coolest kid in the world. I knew, I knew those kids. <laughs> I knew those girls. And they're like... No, my mom made it. No, it, no, it's pretty. No, I like it. I like my mom. <laughs> I do, I do. Uh, my sister, there are plenty of photographs of my sister and I in matching dresses for Easter and for the holidays. That is adorable. It's fantastic. Wait, yeah. so it's, you, she bought you like a kid-sized sewing machine that worked? No, she. there were no such thing as kid-sized sewing machines back in those days. You bought an adult sewing machine and for I your child. To... So she bought one for you mm-hmm. and one for herself? Absolutely. She's like, we're doing this together. We are. And we you are. have a, one sister? How many kids in your family? Uh, four, two sisters and, or one two sister, boys. two brothers. Okay. So two boys, two girls. Mm-hmm. And you and your sister, did your sister also get her own sewing machine? No, she did not. Uh, did we she had get some sort of shovel. <laughs> I mean, what other, what other menial she, task was she getting? She got sheep. <laughs> Literally. You can ask oh, her she? about, you can ask her about Cubby, her, her sheep that she raised who had a broken leg. Aww. Uh, 
So yeah, because then we moved to Mora Ranch. Uh, we moved up to Ring County when we moved down here in, into the Bay Area. So uh, sewing went out the window, and my sister and I fell in love with animals. I horses, her sheep. Oh, fair enough. So, yeah. Oh my God, you <laughs> are essentially the child I wanted to be. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I, I did lead a, a very, a quite varied lifestyle. Uh, but I. Uh, sewing went by the wayside as I became a teenager and became interested in uh, more outdoor things, uh, horseback riding, and I w- literally worked on a cattle ranch. Hmm. So uh, that was not sewing was not one of those things that I had time for. Right. And then I went through life and found the the man of my dreams, and we got married and bought a house. And I had a spare bedroom, and I didn't know what the heck to do with that spare bedroom or what to do with myself now that I had nabbed the man. Right. (laughs) You're like, I was on task because I needed to find a partner, and I found a partner, and now all of a sudden... Oh, get some free time. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And okay. uh, and while uh, you and I can bond over my twenty seven hundred book library <laughs> later, uh, sure. I you know reading can only consume so much of my day. So I uh, my husband's mother yes had nobody to teach her how to sew. Her mother did not pass that uh, trait down. Neither A did anybody tier. else. All right. So she taught herself how to sew, and oh, wow. she had. Uh, for many years, professionally sold homemade baby clothing. Oh, wow. And young children's clothing. And then got tired of uh, people saying, well, do you have it in this size and this color? And people not realizing that it takes time to make these clothes. Right. You, somebody, it, it's like the dork forest. Guys, just have, I don't have a women's cut. I am not <laughs> schlepping all the different colors. Somebody asked me if I had the Ranger shirt in, in a, something other than black. And I was like, no, no, I don't. Yeah. And uh, you have, you have the green dork forest one. I had to discontinue the brown because it sold less than the green. And I was like, we're just going to go with one. Anyway, fascinating story. Fascinating. So my mother-in-law taught herself how to make children's clothing. And then she saw a lovely woman on television, probably PBS, uh, named Alex Anderson. Alex Alex Anderson. She is very, very famous in the quilting world. (laughs) Uh, She was one of the first people to go on television and to teach, well, the first person in her generation, maybe, if I'm wrong on the history, please uh, send your emails to Jackie. Uh, <laughs> Jackie at JackieGation.com, please. So, Todd, Mason, what's going on? Anyway, go. So, uh, and uh, my mother-in-law's so. name is Donna, and Donna went to learn about quilting. And since she knew so much about fabric, she already kind of had a basis for quilting. So she fell into it. And when I decided to cast about for a new hobby, I said, oh, well, I know how to sew. Here's my mother-in-law sitting, you know, 10 minutes away from me quilting. So maybe I should try my hand at that. So I went... When was that? That was in, okay, 1996. Okay. 1995, 1996. That's why you have almost finished quilts. Yes, I have been quilting for many, many years. <laughs> right. So 21 years later. <laughs> I actually have finished a quilt, which for some quilters is an accomplishment. It's real. The, <laughs> that journey is super real because I have seen the detail on quilts and quilts are crazy. Anyway. It, some of them can be, yes. Uh, so I first decided, well, I'll go back to clothing making since that's what my mother taught me. Clothing is three-dimensional. Right. And while you can argue that quilts are three-dimensional, the third dimension is very, very short. It's less than an inch. The depth perception of yeah, the third so, dimension is... And, and, wait, so you mean clothes are like you have to stick your body into them? Correct. Is you mean so you by have three to, dimensional? You know, shoulders and sure. boobs for women and hips right. and okay. waists and all kinds of things. So you, it, it is a very precise 
um, and that third dimension. It's tailoring more than. Yeah, it, it can get very, very fiddly. detailed and fiddly. Yeah. Good word. Uh, and I made one shirt and said, oh, yeah, no, this is never going to happen. <laughs> so I asked my mother-in-law, hey, how about the basics of quilting? And so she gave me the Idiot's Guide to Quilting. The actual book? The actual book. Because that is a franchise that just keeps that they print money. Yep. And this was before YouTube, mm-hmm. where now you can go anywhere and say, how, how do how I thread I do- a machine? Right. And there's some video that will show you how to thread your machine. Uh, and what does this definition mean and all of these things? So back in my old days, we had to find all that information from a book. Right. Dewey so, Decimal System. Do it. Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, was a pretty quick hand at it and learned very, very quickly that there are uh, two, you can divide quilters into two basic groups. Number one, those of us who do it for the love. Right. And number two, those who go beyond the love to full on obsession. And these are the quilts that you see having first prizes and best of show in quilt shows. Okay, State Fair. Yes. All right. Because those people are technically perfect. And it's gorgeous. And it's beyond gorgeous. I have eschewed the technicality. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Well, talk to me briefly, though, about what, what is, where's the, okay, so. I think we need definitions. Yeah, because here's here's where I'm at here. Now, my friend Jenny Bergman, who owns a, a toy store in New York City, Upper West Side, you guys get out there, West Side kids. Uh, she quilts. And we. I have watched her quilt, but I knew that I would be putting a nickel in her if I asked her or asking for a task, which I did not wish to also have. So, but I can ask you because we have an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there seems to be two pieces of cloth. Correct. And then and then there are decorative cloth on top of that? No. Okay. All right. So here we go. Definitions. Number one, the finished product is called a quilt. Yes. Number two, the word quilting is an adjective. It's an action. You actually oh. have to quilt your quilt. Okay. So that is a final step or one of the final steps in creating your quilt is actually quilting. The quilting. And then people also use the term quilt to mean the overall process. Okay. So you can say... I'm going to, I'm going to be quilting a quilt to finish my quilt. <laughs> I think it might, it might not go totally. But I want that to be a. a, a I'll have quilt, to please embroider that on a pillow. Yes, I'm quilting my quilt so, so I can finish my quilt. Correct, okay, something go. along those lines. <laughs> anyway, so you are correct. In nine times out of ten, there is something that quilters will call the background fabric. Okay, so. If you are making a quilt that is going to have a a one color background, you need to buy all that fabric so that every square has that main background color. And I did not bring one of those quilts today. Okay, wait a minute. That's right. Quilts are made in squares. Or, yes. Right? Straight lines are your first thing that you learn as a quilter. Okay. And we call that foundation piecing. Okay. That means you are actually taking two pieces of fabric, putting the right sides of them together, and sewing them together through your machine. Now, and then you have a square with two pieces of, of fabric. Or usually a rectangle. Or a rectangle. Got yeah. it. So rectangles, squares, and triangles are right. the biggest. Triangles. Are the biggest. Uh, uh, Those are your shapes. Shapes. Thank you. Yeah. Now, you will learn quickly from looking at my quilts that I don't like straight lines. 
<laughs> you have well, to be technically then. perfect. <laughs> oh, when, to get when you get straight lines. And what they call the points, which is the corners mm-hmm. all matching together. So when you go look at those technically perfect quilts, all their little straight lines come together in perfect points. Yep. Yeah. You'll mm-hmm. never find one of those in mine. Okay. Once again, quilting for the joy, right. not for the technically perfect. Okay. So I also found out, uh, you know, many years into this process that I love flora. Okay. So I had to figure out a way to create round shapes. Oh, interesting. Because I like flowers. Yeah. Flowers in nature don't have straight lines. No. (laughs) No. The Jeebus didn't want straight lines. No. He just wanted it to be pretty. That's true. So, (laughs) So, okay, back to our background fabric. Some quilts don't have a background fabric because each square is made diff- is made with a different fabric. So I can show you a quilt today that has 40 individually made squares that have a flower on them and every square has a different background fabric. Okay. We call that either patchwork. Okay. Or uh oh gosh, not crazy quilting. That's a whole different thing that I don't know much about. Okay. Um uh all, the word will come to me, but basically, but a patchwork quilt I've heard of. Yeah, where it's what's the what's the one where it's all one color? Uh, is that just a well, blanket? those are usually is that just called a blanket. <laughs> there you go. No, there are actually quilts that you will see. They're called whole cloth. Whole cloth, which means it's one piece of fabric on the top. The center piece is what we call uh, batting. So that's what's in between the two pieces of fabric. Oh, that makes make it a little thick. It makes it soft. And so, super fun. Yeah. And super so cozy. I use a very, very thin batting because my quilts, I don't want them to be too thick. Quilting thick quilts is very hard. Okay. And they get too puffy. <laughs> and it, so this it, it keeps it, them flatter. It takes away from the joy. Yes. Making, absolutely. Right. There you go. <laughs> Making puffy quilts is exactly. not what my joy goes. <laughs> so, and then you have the background fabric, yep. which is usually one piece, although I do have a friend... Hi, Elaine. Uh, Hi, Elaine. Who cannot stop herself from quilting, making a quilt out of the back. So she literally puts two quilted pieces together and she ends up with a quilt on the front and a quilt on the back. She can't stop herself. And the quilting itself is sewing those three pieces together. So you've, okay. got, your, you've got your finished top piece. Yep. You've got the batting. You've got your background fabric. You pin all three of those layers together. Yep. Other people baste it with thread. I choose to use safety pins. Okay. And then I sew through all three layers. And that is the act of quilting, is sewing those three layers together. And you can sew sew them in curly cues. Absolutely. That is called free motion quilting. Okay. So most people learn their very first quilt. They do something called stitch in the ditch. (laughs) What is that? And that is where they follow those straight lines that they just made with those pieces pieces of fabric. So they've either made this one of the simplest shapes is called um, a four patch. Okay. So it's a square with four colors. Yep. It can be two colors. It can be purple and white and then purple and white so that you have um, you know a checkerboard. Like a checkerboard kind of thing, yeah. Uh, then the next big one is a nine patch. So you've got two rows and two yep. rows and that makes nine. Or you can have that back to that four patch, you can use four different colors. Uh, then what somebody would do is they could sew all of those four patches or nine patches together and how many rows and how many columns they want. And then you stitch along those straight lines when you're quilting and that's called stitch in the ditch. 
So oh, you're, not, you're going in between the colors. Right. You're going straight the down on the and seam. So the sewing of the pieces together, that is not quilting. That's the sewing. stitching. <laughs> <laughs> but in the overall scheme of I'm going to make a quilt, so I am quilting. Yes, it could be called quilting. That's where it gets confusing to some people. It's like, call it whatever you want. Right. <laughs> right, right. It's, uh, the, the whole process is quilting. So however, right. however deep into that rabbit hole you're willing to go, you've done some quilting. Absolutely. Once you've Absolutely. taken two two pieces of fabric and some batting and put it together, that could be called a quilt. Absolutely. In its most simplest form. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Now, back to what you said where if you've offered to help. Oh, My right. sister offers to help. She loves to help. So I she has cut for me. Oh. And uh, and I do a type of quilting now that's called applique quilting which we'll get into. So there's a lot of tracing and cutting involved. So okay. my sister will sit and she will trace all day. What is tracing? Well, I mean, I know what tracing is, but here we in go. In this case. <laughs> so back to me wanting to make flowers. Mm -hmm. The easiest way to make flowers I discovered, uh, well, back it up a bit. So <laughs> I went through and made my first quilt. And my very first quilt was tulips. Oh, flowers. Wow. Yes. Uh, which I don't have. It's packed in a box and it's at my mom's house right now. So that quilt, if you look at it, is all straight lines. Okay. I made those tulips using triangles and squares and... Oh, like you were told to do. Yep. Like you're like, yep. okay, it's supposed to be triangles and, and squares. And I and somebody had made so a it's pattern boxy of tulips. very boxy tulips and very boxy... Uh, pointy. Pointy uh, leaves. But it was tulips. Mm -hmm. I made flowers. There is a, there are many styles of quilting. And one of them is called paper piecing, where you take fabric and you use a paper template and you're actually sewing fabric to fabric using that template. So that template is being sewn on as well. Okay. And it's hard to explain. And I'm sorry, you guys, but you definitely go to YouTube and find a video on paper piecing and they'll <laughs> show piecing. you how it is, <laughs> how, what it looks like. But what you get it, are, it's, it's like the, the pattern you're sewing the pattern to the pattern, onto the thing. Yes. So okay. you're taking two pieces of fabric, you put them together, you sew them onto that, uh, that, uh, pattern. And then you, iron the two pieces open and then you take your next piece of fabric and you can sew it as well. And what that pattern shows you is where you need to cover. So you need a piece of fabric big enough to cover the next, you know, space three. Right. And then it allows you to sew these very, very sharp angles. Oh, okay. So you can produce a flower that has lots of spikes or you can produce a sun with lots of spikes Got it. by doing this paper piecing. It is time consuming. <laughs> it is a bit wasteful of fabric is one of the big um, complaints. Uh, but what you get are these amazing geometry right. angles. And you can create something that looks almost round because you can sew piece by piece by piece. And there's yeah, so yeah. many, you know, and you know, as you put more angles, more angles, more angles, it looks rounder and rounder. Yeah. Here's my so. question. Mm -hmm. uh, what happens to the paper? Then you have to pull all that damn paper off. Okay. Yeah, and that like can be... Also time consuming. That's its own project. <laughs> and a pain in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> Does your sister like to do that? No. No. Okay. Then, uh, I don't know when, uh, <laughs> quilters invented something called, well, I don't know if quilters invented it, but quilters use something called a light box. Light box. So once upon a time, that was a wooden frame with a piece of plexiglass on top with a bare bulb underneath it. And you could put a 
pattern yeah. onto that plexiglass and trace it onto your fabric so that you oh, can cut the fabric. Like the old projectors. Yes. And, yes. Absolutely. Right. So those things are cumbersome and hot and right. not fun. Remember that there's like an, an a light bright? Yes. And with the pattern that you'd put the pegs into? Yes. It's Super almost, hot. Where yes. you're like, there's a fire. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And we're not doing that on a hot summer's day. Right. <laughs> That's a winter, a winter, winter event. So uh, with the advent of... Oh gosh, what are our lights that burn cool? Uh, oh, right, right. The free LEDs, LEDs. Yeah. And all the, I now have a light free. table that I can put on my lap that's less than an inch thick and it's cool, but very, very bright. So I buy a pattern and one of my favorite pattern designers is a lady named Kim McLean. Hello, Kim McLean. Uh, I believe she it? is... Is it M-A-C or M-C? M-C-L-E-A-N. And I believe she is from New Zealand... And I apologize to every Australian and every New Zealander. I know you are, are far apart, but she might also be from Australia. I'm not sure. Okay. So, so she's, well, and, and they're down under some, yeah. but see, then they get upset about that too. So I'm, I'm apologizing ahead of time. Uh, but whoever, wherever Kim McLean resides, she makes these fantastic patterns with these very big flowers. Okay. And so I take that pattern and I trace it onto a sticky substance uh, there's many of them. My favorite's one called Steam a Seam. Steam a Seam. Steam a Seam. And what you do is you it's almost it's a it's a three layers. It's a tracing paper layer. It's a sticky layer, and then it's a, a backing that is onto that sticky. So can the backing be anything? Can you pick? the No, backing? it's it comes all it's together, all, all, all three. One. Yes, and so it picks sort of the design. Like the, there's different designs of what it is. Uh, no, this is just comes in a roll. And uh, what it helps you do is I, my sister, <laughs> hi, Karen, uh, she traces all those flower pieces onto that steam seam onto the trace side of the paper. Oh, so then that becomes the pattern you use on the actual cloth. Fabric. Yep. Okay. So then we take that and we pull off the, the backing piece, stick it on the back side of the fabric, iron it on to make it adhesive, and then... Now I have a piece of, and then I have to cut it again to right. make the trace. So now we've got that sticky side, which still has a backing on it. And we've got that fabric adhered to the top side of it. And then I pull that second backing off and I slap it onto my background fabric. And I can come up with pieces that are now glued to another piece of fabric. So then you can sew. And then I can sew around it. Then you can to stitch it, around to it. Stitch around it to, to adhere it completely to the fabric. This thing's so, gorgeous, by the way. Thank you. And we'll put a picture of it. She's looking at my 40 flowers. 40 flowers. 40 flowers. Adorable 40 flowers. This is a very interesting purpley kind of... I know. A lot of different fabric. The the fabric uh, investment must be... Oh, well... And storage. That's what Jenny Bergman has some trouble with some storage because she lives in an apartment. Correct. In New York City. Correct. That is called stash. Oh, that's your stash? Any quilter worth her salt has a stash that if she quilted every day of her life, she would not use it all up. <laughs> Fair <laughs> we enough. We buy fabric for love of the fabric. Sometimes we don't even know when we're going to use it. So Okay, so this is a pointy stitch. Yes, that's called the zigzag. The zigzag stitch. Right. Okay. So, so now I have 
my small background piece of fabric. Mm-hmm. I have the piece of fabric that I have sticky, mm-hmm. and I've pulled that sticky off, and I've now adhered it to the background fabric, and I can move these. I, I can use my light table again to make sure that I place all of that, those pattern pieces because some of them can be very intricate, and then I slap them all on, and then ironing adheres it again. Now I've got two pieces of fabric glued together. Right. So that way they don't move when I stitch around them to permanently adhere them. I couldn't choose not to stitch, but then eventually the glue will, and they'll fray, and that's not as much fun. Let's cast back (laughs) 150 years to women doing this by hand Mm -hmm. and thinking, what's happening? (laughs) Like, do you think there was the love of it then too? Absolutely. There must have been. Absolutely. Um, the, the most, uh, the style of quilt that would probably be most aligned with the style that I use now is called a Baltimore album quilt. Many people have seen them. They're usually nine very big squares and they have very different pictures in them. And the Baltimore album quilts had ships because Baltimore was a shipping. Oh, right, you right. Know. And uh, flowers and a ha- usually the homestead is in one of them or musical instruments. And if you look at the very old ones that were made in the 17 and 1800s, once again, they're using all these round shapes. They were appliqueing by hand. I'm machine appliqueing. Right. Applique by hand is sewing two pieces of fabric together and to get those round shapes, they turn that fabric under and then they hand sew those two pieces of fabric together, one piece of fabric on top of another piece. And I have done hand applique. Hand applique. And it takes a long time. Yeah. And I always found an excuse to get back to my sewing machine. So all my (laughs) hand applique projects were just piling up. I discovered the light table, mm-hmm. discovered the joys of and the speed of machine applique, and yeah. all my hand applique projects have now been finished. Half of some of them are half and half, half by hand, half by machine. Right, because right. Because guess what happens a lot faster? Me and machine. Me and machineries. <laughs> yeah. So, they, so, but the weird thing, so they would, because um, all here's what I know about quilting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is something. It's not going to fill the building. <laughs> nope. Oh no, no, no. There, <laughs> it's going to fill a thimble. It's a bunch of ladies doing it together. Mm-hmm. It's like a thing where you're like, well, let's all get together and work on Elizabeth's quilt. Correct. We're all going to gather and and let's say let's say Elizabeth has created six six squares or six giant rectangles. Mm-hmm. And then she says to her five friends, "Come on over. I've made a pie." And uh, there's some soup on the stove. Help me put this damn thing together. And that's and that's when they put it together. Does that sound like something that happens? Uh, that, yes. So, uh, what is that called? Uh, <laughs> Besides old timey ladies getting together having pie. <laughs> modern day definition of that is a quilting bee. Okay. So, uh, I belong to a quilt guild. Quilt guild. Quilt guild. In the <laughs> Bay that Area. <laughs> we have, I know, I should have worn one. Uh, uh, here in the Bay Area, we have a number of them. There is a, uh, Oakland quilt guild. There's a, uh, Pacifica Quilt Guild, San Francisco. I belong to the San Mateo Peninsula Quilters. Yes. So we meet once a month, and uh, we, we, you know, we are a nonprofit organization. Uh, most of the ladies in my quilt guild, uh, we have a couple of charities that we donate quilts to, uh, particularly the neonatal in, uh, at the Stanford Neonatal Hospital. Oh. So every neonatal baby goes home with a homemade quilt. Aww. And uh, we have... Oh, gosh, it's the outreach program, and they changed their name within the last year, and I can't remember, but same with homeless children. 
Okay. So we make twin bed size quilts so yeah. that when the children come into uh, the assisted housing, when they leave assisted housing, they take their quilt with them. That's so. That's awesome. A lot of quilt guilds have a charitable aspect because most of us make so many darn quilts, and we have our family is like, okay, we've we have enough. Thank you, thank you. We need no more. Quilts are beautiful. They, they're Stop lovely. Me a quilt. Yeah, uh, you know, I've, I've my, my closet is crammed full of them. Gave me a quilt. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother in law, my sister in law, gave me a quilt. Um, that she bought at JC Penney. Mm-hmm. And it was just it's just a machine quilt made in Taiwan or China or something like that. And it is beautiful. And I genuinely love it. And it was probably, you know, forty five dollars. Mm-hmm. And um but because and people say, Oh, is that a homemade quilt? And I was like, No. But it's great, isn't it? Because quilts Correct. they're super cozy. They're very cozy. They're the they're the most and, and this one isn't too thick, so if you live somewhere like Los Angeles or mm-hmm. or somewhere warm, um and it's good for layering. It's perfect Absolutely. for layering. So, yes. yeah. And, and they and do get warm very quickly. You put one or two on and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm warm now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the layering is, is crazy. It, that's, so, that's so neat with the homeless kids. and the Because I, I saw a video on Facebook where you'd see things. <laughs> and it was this guy who was raised in foster care. And he adopted a bunch of kids, him and his partner. He's a gay man. And, um, and they kept trying to adopt a, ki- a baby. And his his husband goes, "Hey, weren't you in foster care? Why don't we adopt some foster kids?" And so they ended up lost, uh, adopting like a couple of sets of uh, siblings. And they showed up at the house. He said, "You know, when I went to a different foster care place, um, they would put all my stuff in a garbage bag." And and so when the kids showed up in a garbage bag, I almost burst into tears. I'm like. What, 40 years later, we still have just garbage bags for these kids. And so he has started a project where he donates um, backpacks. Nice. And small lo- and little rolly luggage mm-hmm. for foster kids so that they can have luggage like people. And they're yes. not walking around with a hefty bag full of their stuff. Yes. And so having a, your own quilt just makes you feel more human, more loved and more people-like, you know, less like an institutionalized kind of yeah. thing. So and was it neat. Mr. Mom where he had the blanket, the whoopee? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Oh, I don't that know. Movie? Some Mr. movie. Mom yeah. With Keaton. Keaton, yeah. Where <laughs> one of the kids had that blanket that just, you know, he toted around with him everywhere. And we've all had that toy or that thing where you right? know, we just latch onto it. And and I, I certainly hope that the quilts that we've donated to that shelter have, have followed some of them kids. have followed those kids and have, you know, just it's just their own something. their yeah. own thing that they can have. So whatever new place they're in, at least there's something familiar. So. Yeah. That's, that's really that's super. So you have you have how many quilts do you think you've made? Oh my gosh! And um, are they all like twit like big or are they uh, like well, you've baby ones? Well, I can this this quilt that I'm showing you now is yes. the last small quilt I ever made, and oh God, it turns gorgeous. out that I am genetically incapable of making small quilts <laughs> because this quilt, while it doesn't look like it, it's broken. It's it, it it's didn't broken. work. It didn't work out properly. Notice it, there are no points on the stars. It, it's a, so it's an outrage, you guys. <laughs> I can't tell you. Oh, did you? So okay, it last somehow shrunk. It somehow so. Oh, that's there's another question I have. Do you wash the fabric before you sew it? Oh wow, that is that is that's a, a question, uh, right? It is a question, and you will get a different answer from every single quilter on the planet. I used to wash every single piece of fabric that I brought into the house, and and then dry it so that and it then was, dry it and would then be it would size. Kind of knotted mess, and uh, oh. and then I stopped. Uh, <laughs> There are 
there are different qualities. Uh, quilters generally work in 100% cotton. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also flannel. A lot of people work in flannel, especially for children's quilts. Okay. Uh, some uh, work in add silk. Uh, what? There are some amazing silk tie quilts. That really? Are, yes, where people have taken old silk ties and made oh, these right. beautiful, beautiful quilts out of them. Uh, but cotton is the most sturdy and... That, but that being said, there's different qualities of cotton. Okay. Uh, as thread count, is that what uh, we're talking about? Uh, yeah, the weave, the tightness of the weave. Okay. Yes, and some of them can be very, very loose, almost see-through, and those I would wash immediately to hopefully tighten them up. And others, uh, you, the dyes may run, so that would be a smart thing to do is to wash it and okay. make sure that the dye so that it doesn't. Color. Yeah, and reds are uh, traditionally a very hard dye to set. So uh, you know, if I find a really good red, I might wash that as well, just to make sure that, especially if I'm using it with white, that they it doesn't yeah. bleed. Um, and as fabric making has moved around the world. Because it once upon a time, and don't ask me, I don't know the history of it. <laughs> I'm sure some of these dyes were toxic as hell. Oh, right. And uh, so most fabric, as far as I understand and know, not made in America anymore because of our rules and regulations regarding, oh, uh, okay, you know, the safety runoff of dyes and, stuff. and waste and stuff like that. So as it's moved to other countries, the quality has uh, gone changed. up and down and changed yeah. in. Uh, the politest term. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, America, as far as I, um, the last time I heard a stat, is one of the largest fabric buying countries. Okay. And quilting is a very big reason for that. And also the home um, uh, clothing making industry, right? Oh, right. So, you know, we do, absor- we do use and utilize a lot of fabric in this country. So uh, I tend to not wash the fabric unless I feel that it, I need to wash it for my own purposes in terms of, you know, runny dye or a very thin uh, weave. Okay. Now, so, most of my quilts I make to hang on a wall. So okay. I don't want you to wash that quilt. I want you to hang it up. I want you to shake it out once a year, take it out in the sunlight, lay it on the grass so the chlorophyll can, you know, take any musty smell away. But uh, if you put my quilt, which I consider art, right. on your bed and your dog jumps on it, you're, I'm not going to like you very much. <laughs> Are you making tapestries? Are you making ancient tapestries that you would like hung in a pretty Scottish cool. castle? Yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> now, that being said, a lot of baby quilts, you know, things yeah. like that. Yes, I would wash all the fabric and then I would go ahead and make that quilt with the knowledge that that thing's going to get washed a thousand times. Because there's going to be a baby there's involved. Gonna, I yes. hope it's going to get washed yes. a thousand any, times. And anytime a quilt goes to a child or a, a young person, absolutely, I expect it to get thrown in the wash. And uh, I make it accordingly so that it can be thrown in the wash. Oh, so, so the, the the sewing is is changed a little bit to make it... Well, let's say I don't use any delicate fabrics. Okay. I don't... Uh, a lot of quilters embellish their quilts. I am not a particularly fond of embellishment, but a lot of beads, like ribbons. buttons, ribbons, all kinds of things can go onto oh, an art piece. Those. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Or they use I a fabric that's very the... shiny or, you know... Oh, yeah. So... Uh, that stuff can peel off sometimes as well. So for kids, you want to use the more sturdy fabrics and ones that, you know, and they have lovely, lovely fabrics with, you know, every Disney character known to man, woman, and child. And I think Marvel <laughs> even has their own lines oh, yeah. nowadays. Oh, you who can, doesn't you want know. a Marvel with, go to the long boxes like oh. a moonstone. Oh, anyway, yeah. I'm sure no. there's all kinds of fabrics for that. So, yeah. So each of, uh, this seems like, this is, seems to be like one 
piece of fabric here. Yes, I spend an inordinate amount of my time cutting larger pieces of beautiful, gorgeous. Nothing wrong with it wrong. Nothing wrong with it fabric into smaller pieces and then sewing them back together. And then sewing, (laughs) which is what quilting is, I think. Yes. I I, I did post on Facebook years ago. It's like, I just spent the morning cutting beautiful fabric into two inches by two inches. And now I'm sewing them all back together again. (laughs) It doesn't make sense sometimes, but that's how it is. Well, because you end up um, like if you have, like if you put this together, Mm -hmm. is, is, so this is probably, I don't know, um, Three and a half inches, right? Yep. Squared. Mm-hmm. And you have half inch or little... Those are probably one inch. Those are probably so one inch So it's probably closer squares. to a five inch square. Okay. But yes. So I cut and, and I'm standard looking at a, yeah. seams are quarter an inch. So you always cut your fabric a half inch wider than what you really need it to be. So if this is one inch, I've cut one and a half because a quarter inch on each side is going to go into the seam. Okay, which you can't see the back because it's got a, a it's right. got a back on it. You can see the back on this one because I haven't quilted it together yet, but see there's my seam right there in a quarter inch seam. Okay. And every quilting machine worth its salt has a quarter inch foot. Okay. A quarter a foot is an extension? Is a it an foot arm? Is, is goes onto the arm. The foot is the part where the fabric goes under. And that usually a quarter inch foot will have a guide on the right hand side. So if you butt your fabric up to that guide under the foot where the needle comes down, it's going to be exactly a quarter of an inch from the guide. Okay. So it's a built in quarter inch seam if you just run your fabric up against the foot. Now, sewing machines, whole different ball of wax. Right. Well, that, is, that, is, that is a different show, I'm sure. But because what, what, because uh, the, the, I was talking to Cross Stitch mm-hmm. last week. And um, Sarah Schaefer, and she said she doesn't have some sort of extension arm to use bigger pieces of fabric. So, like, like I would think you would need a a very large table mm-hmm. to put your sewing machine on. Absolutely, you have a sewing machine. It is uh, essentially a thing that looks like an elbow. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so it goes up, it goes over, comes down, needle comes down, a thousand different kinds of needles. Right? Correct. A thousand different kinds of needles, thousands of different kinds of feet, and bobbin, and bobbin thread. And um, I finally learned what a bobbin was last week, which is a piece <laughs> of cardboard that you wrap your fancy thread around when you buy loose thread. Is uh, that correct? Well, the bobbin for in the sewing machine, machine is the is the metal or plastic. Uh, nowadays, it's mostly plastic that, yes, you wind thread around. And when you're sewing, you have a thread that comes from the top that goes through the needle, and then you have your bobbin thread. And what the needle does is it goes down into the through the fabric, and the bobbin spins, and that needle picks up a loop of that fabric, and that's how you get the stitch. The two pieces of fabric come, or the two pieces of thread come together. One from and the bottom one loops one from up, the- and one's looping around the other. So. Wait, so there's two piece, there's two threads. Two threads. I vaguely remember this. From, my grandmother had a sewing machine. Two she threads. hated sewing, but she would patch things. Yeah. Uh, that was her whole, she was like, I'm not making anything, but I, you can't walk around with that rip. Yeah. Anyway, so when I applique or when you hand applique, you're using a needle and thread. So you're only using one. When you're machine appliquing, you're using two pieces of thread. The one's coming from the top and the bobbin thread coming from the bottom. And does that make it more secure? Uh, it can, yes, make it more secure. And it's also, because it's machined, much faster. <laughs> oh, because there's two pieces of th- uh, thread and you're and like, it's, and it's it, going it much picks fast. up the pace. Yes. Because yes. it's almost two stitches for the price of one. You can literally put that pedal to the metal and sew very, very quickly. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. So we have my fi- our five-inch square mm-hmm. that has one, two, three, like it has... 
a dozen pieces of tiny different colored fabrics right. that you and that, that way you would together. call that a modified log cabin. So because this looks like logs st- or oh. Lincoln logs stacked on top of each other. Oh, I see. This, mm-hmm. which is part of the star, we would call this a half square triangle. It's a square that's bisected. Right. So you know, it's it's um, right. Are those right triangles? I am not right a mathematician yeah, yeah. in any shape. These are your four square patches that okay. we were talking about. So here's the four, but now I put four four square patches together. So right. you get a four by four. And that's these are the basic quilt. Kind of what squares. Yeah, basic you can build squares. Yeah, and you can turn them sideways. You can make all kinds of patterns just with these two basic squares. But yeah. once again... I got tired this of that. This log cabin thing. Oh, log cabin quilts are one of the, yes, very fiddly. And they also are, the variations on that one are amazing. And there can be some very, very beautiful, huge log cabin quilts made. Oh, really? Just using just you doing this. bars and squares. Interesting. Longer and longer rectangles and little squares. Okay, so you've, you've made uh, the two triangles into a square. You've made the log cabin square. You've made the four patches into a square. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've made, and then you have a bunch of these, and then you sew each of these together after Correct. you've sewn the tiny together. And then now you have, how big is this quilt? Five uh, feet? No, this quilt's not five feet. Know. This quilt's probably two, two feet. Two feet, yeah, two and a half feet. Okay. Yeah, it's small. So it's a two and a half foot. This is the smallest one you've, the last small one you made. You the said, last right? small one I made. So yeah. here we are. And um, so then... You put all this together, mm-hmm. and then, wait a minute, this is a square, this mm-hmm. seems to be a row. This is a, yeah, and this- These are rows. It, it <laughs> I is, got, and I, I had lost. to, and I had to, yeah, this is unusual because these are strips, super long rectangular strips that I had to then sew together to make these trees. So the strips were sewn together at an angle between the blue, which is the background, and the green, which is the tree, to turn them into a tree. You're seeing the oh, tree I upside see. down. Yeah, there's the tree. On the Christmas other tree. Yeah. Okay. So that's what was bizarre about this one was it was uh, the the squares were only in the center, and right. now I've graduated into these very long strips. And then these strips on the outside, which are the darker sky and the stars, once again, here's my four patch. Here's... Tiny four little half score triangles. Yeah. (laughs) And then had to mesh them in with these more strips, uh, longer strips. Okay. Probably why I stopped making small quilts because this one was, (laughs) oh my gosh. So many different projects all in one. All in one. That's okay. So now it's all together. You've sewed it all together Mm -hmm. to make this side of the quilt. Correct. You then do the batting and the back side of the quilt and you get it all together. Now, this squiggly line that mm-hmm. goes all through it is the quilting line, right? Correct. Where it's just, just stitches that sort of make uh, super cozy pockets. Yes. So pockets I happiness. got bored with Stitch in the Ditch. Okay. After one quilt. <laughs> so I uh, bought, there are many, many books out there that show you different quilting patterns. Um, feathers and... Oh, you could sew like the stitch. And, yeah, could you be a can. Feather. So if you go look at some of those, you know, the professional quilts that we were talking about that are in the state fair, and you look at the stitch, the, the quilting design that they make, some of them are very, very intricate and very formal. I decided when I became a quilter that I was going to do the whole process myself. I was going to cut my own fabric. I was going to sew my own uh, pieces together, and then I was going to actually quilt the project. Now, some people professionally quilt and you can send your quilt top to them and they will quilt it for you oh and i decided why wouldn't there be a a project someone who's like no i'll put that together that'll be great correct 
And there's a lot of people that do that. And uh, when they enter their quilts into the fair, they have to enter it as, you know, pieced by Lisa Allard, yes. quilted by Jackie Cation. Okay. Because I did not do the actual quilting. Somebody else did. Okay. I decided I was going to do it all myself. Piecing so, and quilting. Piecing and quilting. And so I'm what they call a home quilter. Okay. Because I do have a very large sewing machine. And the biggest, the expensive sewing machines, the the thing that you were calling the elbow? Yeah. We call it the throat. So wherever the needle is on the sewing machine, and then that distance to the right of the needle to where the machinery is that makes the needle go up and down, that area is called the throat. Okay. And the more space you can get between the needle and the machinery itself, the more quilt you can shove through. (laughs) Oh, right. <laughs> so I can sew these very large quilts on a home sewing machine. Right. If there is that usually in the throat. Like my grandma's sewing machine, which mm-hmm. is an old pedal singer from the 30s or 40s or whatever, is literally, I think, yeah, six inches or something. Because right? they were sewing clothing. Yeah. And clothing isn't bulky and dense like a large quilt can get. Yeah. So then there's another whole different type of sewing machine. That, or a quilting machine that would basically fill this room. And what? Yeah. <laughs> there are huge machines that, yeah. um, and all the name will come to me, but basically what they can do is they can ma- even take my large quilts and yeah. put them down flat and oh. they roll them on these spinners. And then the, the quilting needle goes back and forth. Like a loom. Yeah. It looks <laughs> like a loom. It okay. does. It does. And it's a very large quilting machine okay. and they're programmable now. So you can, you oh. can program in the design that you want and sure. it'll just, you just push a button and it'll go, well, you don't just push a button. You have to, it's a lot of training to learn how to set it all up and everything. But right. those are professional quilting machines. So yeah. if you normally, if you're sending your quilt out to be professionally quilted, it's being quilted on one of those very large machines. It's a very flat no one's pushing it through that throat yeah. of a home machine. But I have continued. Uh, I do make queen-size quilts and quilt them all on my little home, well, little you home make, machine. You make queen-size quilts that you want people to hang. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and as, uh, as uh, Rangers wall? of the Dark Forest know, I have posted a couple of my quilts on that page. And, on the wall? Uh, and you can see the ceiling mm-hmm. and you can see the floor. <laughs> that's it. Because that's the quilt takes up the whole wall. The whole wall. The whole wall. And I'm sure it's it makes uh it's good uh what what's that called when uh when dampening, sound dampening. Oh yes, yeah. It's, no echoes. <laughs> <laughs> you just do one per room. Otherwise you're living in possibly a madhouse. Correct. Uh, correct. <laughs> and uh and there's no quilts hanging in my husband's room. So oh, he's like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Thanks, honey. I'm good. I they're very beautiful. I don't need <laughs> I don't need, don't a, need one. A quilt on the wall. No. Oh my no. gosh. And that is, you know, once again, because quilters just, this is what I do while I sit in front of the television. Okay. Um, and especially when I'm quilting, it can be noisy. So I have my little headphones on so I can hear the volume of the television and uh, I'll quilting, be quilting. Oh, quick, be noisy because you're on a machine. I'm on a machine. All right. So instead of saying, instead of stopping and staring at the TV and trying to hear, I just put on my little wireless headphones and I can quilt away and listen to whatever TV show I'm listening to and look up when the good parts are happening. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> But this is my relaxation, and this okay. is what I do. So I, you know, I'm not. What does your fella do? Oh, my fella, my fella is a gamer. Okay. Um, does so he have his own headphones and his own? Sometimes, uh, especially when I'm watching uh, a show that he's not particularly interested in. Fair enough. So uh, yes, he he's um, 
he likes first person shooters. Okay. So he's he's usually doing that. But then uh Sundays he's always in Golden Gate Park playing frisbee golf, which is Okay. Um disc golf actually is the correct terminology. So I'm not here to offend the disc golf. Community, no, no, it's so. a very large community, a very nice community. <laughs> and they are very accurate. They so are I don't oh my gosh. get hit by a frisbee. No. Or a disc. Or a disc, yes, correct. Because <laughs> frisbee is the Kleenex. Disc is, is, that, is correct. There yes, you go. or the refrigerator of, of yeah. yes, because in the refrigerator, <laughs> right? So <laughs> the Xerox of copy machines. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, now there are lots of different avenues to go down in the quilting community. Some people become designers where they create their own patterns, their own patterns, and they can sell those patterns and you can, you know, Etsy is crawling with. Oh yes. Yes. And there's a huge website called craftsy, C R A F T S Y.com. And they sell a lot of patterns and fabric as well. It's craftsy, craftsy. And they also have online uh, sewing classes where you can, Mm -hmm. you know, buy the, you know, and watch the videos and they'll teach you all kinds of techniques. So there's lots and lots out there. Uh, I am not a designer. Once again, in in reality, to make a design of a quilt, you really do have to know math. There's okay. a lot of math involved. You have to get these uh, squares to be the right size so that your quote points match. And there's a lot of... It makes me think about those women a couple hundred years ago. Oh, who yeah. Like, I need to use my math skills. Yes. Please let me use my math skills. Yes. And they, <laughs> I love math. Please let me use my math skills. Absolutely. I I am an and, accountant, not a mathematician. And, so <laughs> and the rest of us would be like, please, please use your math skills because I don't have any. Correct. And, <laughs> Correct. Uh, a lot of people that design quilt patterns also teach. Okay. So uh, you can take a quilt class usually at, at your fabric store. Oh, like a Joanne Fabrics or something. Um, yep. Yeah, uh, a lot of local, uh, you know, privately owned quote, mom and pop, privately owned quilt stores do have a sewing room and they teach classes be- anywhere from beginning to, and then people travel between those stores sometimes oh, to give lectures. Oh, and to, It's like stand up. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I wonder what their riders are. Do yeah. they get their own hotel? Good. <laughs> well, it's hotel, travel, and yep. the, an hourly or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Just a. a for the class that is true i've been with my quilt guild for i don't know 15 16 years and every once a year quilt guild in eugene oh yes yes there is once a year so once a year our quilt guild does what we call one of our own and so next month in october i will be the featured speaker at my quilt guild and i will be giving a trunk show of all of my uh quilts throughout the years and i will find that tulip quilt and show it as my first quilt that i ever made excellent and then the next day, I'm teaching a class on how to machine applique. Okay. So that's uh, what a lot of people do professionally. Uh, a lot of them also become, they work for the fabric companies. They design fabric. And uh, uh, a very famous one is a lovely lady named Tula Pink, where she started creating her own designs. And uh, she's written a couple of books and has also put out her own fabric line. But she is Tula one of Pink? Tula Pink. T-U-L-A. P-I-N-K? P-I-N-K. And she is one of many, many people that do things like that, where they write a book on their technique or use their own fabrics. So there's a lot of tie-ins. I am what I call a colorist. My claim to fame is the use of fabric and the use of the color. Yeah. So as you can see by all these quilts they're strewn about. They're super bright. They're very super pretty. colorful. You haven't even seen this one yet. It's so pretty. Um, but I... This one's just one color. Did you know that? This one is no, just... No, it's just the one side. This is one background. <laughs> so I, this is rare for me. I used a background fabric that is all one piece and then... Oh my God. Look at this little flower moment. Yes. And, and in here is a huge tree... 
in the middle? Yep, there's the trunk of the tree. And then, so... Holy smokes. I found this fabric specifically for this quilt and then matched all the fabric. Now, here you can see I'm not done. So see how I've been machine appliquing all the flowers? Yeah. I haven't finished yet. These those aren't are just sewn. Those are just ironed on They're so ironed far. on. And uh, this might be a good one to post because then people can see the difference and they can see what we're talking about. That yeah. here, this one's been sewn and this one hasn't. And is so, this a seed? What is this? That is a ladybug. That is a ladybug. And what the ladybugs don't have yet are their little antenna. Oh, so there I you need go. To, I need to sew in their little <laughs> antenna. And then these are butterflies. Same thing. You know, they need their antenna so that you can more readily recognize them. And is this going to be a queen size? No, this Thank is God. a large wall quilt. Okay. Um, and this is about as big as it'll get because yeah. I'm not going to put any binding or anything uh, around it. But that's the thing I love the most is I, I like color. Yeah. And I like figuring out different ways to put color together. Uh, you've also may notice that none of my backgrounds are white. Right. I'm not a fan of white backgrounds. Well, they get dirty, I would imagine. They do get dirty. To me, they also get boring. <laughs> <laughs> so I have made some lighter background fabric. This is pretty light, but this is not white. And it's no. also not just plain. You know, it's it's got two different colors on it. Yeah, it's sort of a uh, peachy yeah, with, with, with pink uh Little hatch marks. Little they hatch look like marks. little bird feet to me. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that was pretty cute that, you know, it's a tree and little bird feet. Bird feet. So, uh, <laughs> all good flowers. It's a, it's a flower tree, though. It is. It it's is. such a great flower tree. This I, is so beautiful. Thank you. I love it. And my sister, this is one of her, you know, where she cut out a lot of these flowers. <laughs> and then she actually placed all of them as well. So we had the big pattern and she just spent a day kind of, does she check in with around. you? Yep, every once in a while. My sister um, has a very orderly brain. Yes. So if there's a blue one here, a blue one needs to be near opposite. Okay. Like she needs to, them to be she very likes it to be symmetrical, very and... symmetrical, very orderly. And I, she calls it chaos. Right. I call it um, artistic. Th there you go. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> word. I call it insane. Um, but uh, I don't because once again, since I I'm a a follower of nature, nature doesn't grow in symmetrical rows, right? in symmetrical but colors. But she's helping. She tries very so hard. So you get to, I mean, here's the thing, is if she's helping, she gets to pick where some of the stuff goes. Correct. So Correct. if you would like her to continue to help. Yes. It's I, my sister uh, and I, my sister is a, an amazing cook. She's an amazing, um, really, really good cook. And I remember when we lived together for a short amount of time, all of our childhood, of course. Mm -hmm. And then in Minneapolis uh, for about a year or so, um, she moved to Minneapolis and we shared an apartment. And I remember cooking with her and her, and I'm like, can I help? And she said, yes. And then she would tell me what to do. And then uh, only one time, I think, did she get mad at me about how I was doing it. And I said, okay, what you should know is that just tell me exactly how you want me to do it because I'll do it however you want me to do it. But I will not be yelled at. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, done and done. Right. And since then, it has been a, a harmonious experience in the kitchen with Darlication and myself. That is fantastic. Yeah. I force my sister to um, step out of her <laughs> symmetrical comfort zone. Fair enough. So, But then on but the she, other hand... She's happy to do it. I'm she's sure. happy to do it. And she also... Uh, has made I've helped her make some quilts for herself and they are very very symmetrical and just the way she likes them so just the way she likes them absolutely that is very lovely absolutely. and does she sleep with them uh one of them is she on is using one that uh actually is houses and trees 
And um, and it's on her bed, and does her dog jump on it? Yes. And does she have? Oh, dog? actually, Huey Huey went to heaven. Oh, Huey uh, went to so heaven. <laughs> Huey went to heaven. So the cat, the cat jumps on it, but that's okay. <laughs> You're animal people. We and are. We do you, are. Do you have dogs and cats and whatnot? Um, I and have whatnot. six boxes that are going to go get buried in Oregon somewhere. Uh, over the twenty years that my over twenty years that my husband and I have been together, we've adopted six, and uh, the last one went to heaven a few months ago. And uh, my heart still hurts. So oh. we're going to wait for a while. We're always dog people, always will be. But okay. at so some get, point... You'll get a new, a, new, a new dog friend when you yes, get to Oregon. when we're ready. But, when um, you're ready. But that last one was, you know, it was hard. They're very and sweet. They are. Oh, they're lovely. And, uh, and Dottie was one of the loveliest. But uh, it was... Tiberius is getting very old, you know. I we know. Have a, we gosh, have a 22-year-old... And how long are they? And they live longer in captivity than they do in the wild, huh? Oh, I'm sure. No <laughs> owls. Uh, True. So, and he's big an absence now. of yeah, oh yeah. And he could probably take a coyote, but um, <laughs> but he's he's liking his. We bought him a chicken coop um mm-hmm. to put in the yard for the summer because we went away for two weeks and mm-hmm. uh, we were like, oh, it'll be great. He'll sun himself. Whoever comes to let him out and feed him every couple, because you only have to feed him a couple of, every couple of days, mm-hmm. unless you're there every day, then you can feed him every day. But, um, but if you are scared of him or whatever, you don't have to let him out. And then he spent the first two weeks just in the sort of the, the loft of the chicken coop. And Andy was like, no, n- n- he has to get sun. This isn't okay. We have to hire somebody, you know, we have to ask somebody who's willing to let him out and pick him up and mm-hmm. put him back in. And so Carmen Morales, who is a great stand-up comic, um, she came over and she's a also, in addition to being a great stand-up comic, she's a professional photographer. Mm. Like she took the picture that's on my website, the front picture of me on stage. And um, she took the most gorgeous pictures of Tiberius <laughs> and like sent us videos of him flying <laughs> with the Game of Thrones song because he looks like a dragon. <laughs> and I'm like, come nice. on. And nice. she, but she lets him out and, and he follows her around because he's like a cat to some mm-hmm. extent where he mm-hmm. kind of follows you around. And so when we got home, I let him out and then he was following me around. I was like, no, 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 you and I don't do this. <laughs> Carmen's not here. And he's like, no, what are you? What are you? What are you doing? <laughs> no, we're not. Like, the nature know. of our relationship is it's, not changing. Uh, yeah, I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and, uh, but he's okay. Now I've waited off. That's you get okay. Three extra minutes. Three extra to talk minutes. about quilting because I uh, talked about Tiberius. So this is gorgeous. Thank you. This is the one you're working on. This well, you're a, actually working on several, aren't I'm you? I'm working on several. So oh, and that's another thing. Um, every quilter has what's called UFOs unfinished objects oh and i this year uh uh, in january of this year i had no idea that um i was going to be moving the plan was to move eventually but there were certain family circumstances that we had no idea when they would occur and they did so um at the beginning of the year i write a list out of every quilt that i want to (laughs) do well this year i got really ambitious for once anal and said okay i'm pulling out every project that i've either have fabric sitting around and waiting for or i've started and put aside for whatever reason yeah 28 28 quilts 28 in some in some form in some yep so i then level of being prepared correct so i put them all in order of the one i wanted to finish first to the one i wanted to finish 28th and all of these unfinished quilts that you see here are part of that process. Mm-hmm. Sadly, I've had to Have stop. Have you finished any? Or? I did. I've, I've finished four or five of them. Okay. And then um, 
uh, my sewing, I have two sewing machines, which is very few for most quilters. Okay. Um, I, Sandy has 28. Um, so your friend Sandy? My friend Sandy. Has, she teaches. Okay. So she, she teaches kids to quilt. So she has uh, uh, that's thousands different. of, that's that like, is, that's, I know we, we do give her, we do give her can, an allowance right, for that. Right, right. But she's she not allowed have... to buy another one ever. <laughs> <laughs> she might be a collector of sewing machines. Oh, yes. Yes. She, okay. But, um. So I, my goal is to finish all of my quote UFOs and I was well on my way until I had to pack my house up and put it in storage. So, so how many are sitting here? Uh, unfinished. I have three that you brought here and then the other three are finished. So, and, um, to answer your question, how many quilts do I have? I don't know. But what I learned very early on was to document every one of them. So I have notebooks with a photograph of every quilt. Uh, notes the provenance like yep the day it started the day i started it the day i finished it some of them can be three and four years between those dates sure um some are very quick and uh also who has it oh there you go so i have quilts that are in england germany australia canada idaho oregon uh, all across the uh, florida yeah so i you know family members and you know far-flung friends that have taken them with uh that i've sent them quilts so I think one's in Spain now, too. Uh, wow. So I try to keep track of that and where they all are so that uh, I know how. Now, I don't number them. That's probably what I should do is go figure out how actually how many I've done. So I strongly encourage anybody, any kind of artist to document your artwork because you lose track and you never know where right. you forget. I've, right. Like, oh, I made that quilt. I totally forgot about it. Um, the other do you ever th- look at old quilts and get inspiration for new quilts? Absolutely. Uh, and here in the Bay Area, there's the Pacific International Quilt Festival, which down, is down the San Jose Convention Center every okay. Oct- September, October. And it is the largest one in this area. And I go down there for two reasons. Number one, because you're just overwhelmed with the amount of quilts and the differences. And mm-hmm. lots of them, I, there's no two alike ever, any, every, any year. Yeah. There's just so many. And there's so much artistic talent in this field that it just people are amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing is every vendor known to man, woman, and child is also <laughs> under that roof. And I go with that big, oh. huge red bag and yep. it's empty and it's full when I walk out and I yeah. just buy patterns and fabric <laughs> and whatever I want. And Oh, and they are. They love you. They do. They mm-hmm. do. And that's what they're there for. And it's literally a one-stop shop. Um, I so can just buy great. to my heart's content. Yes, it's is, really cool. Are there special threads that you... Like this This thread is red, I noticed. And then the other threads are... Oh, yeah. I'm also doing... known as the thread lady. I have, there's thousands of colors of thread and I have baskets upon baskets of thread uh, because especially on this one, I, as you can see, like some of them I match to the background color. So this yellow fabric, yellow thread. Well, this is a light purple, but I wanted to contrast it. So I used a dark purple thread. Same with the Um, pink. Yeah. So these I all wanted to match. Yeah. Kind of let it blend in. But on this one, because it's so stark, I really wanted it to highlight and to contrast. So on this one, make sure they with pop. all the flowers, I'm using much brighter, darker fabric uh, threads to really outline the fabrics. That's amazing. So, um, And then the last so cool. question that I think you asked was, uh, I, in the Bay Area, was uh, blessed with a basement. Oh, which is a Midwest. And yes. the people that I bought that house from 17, almost 18 years ago, were from the Midwest and they built it in 1952. So right. I had a huge basement that was very open. So uh, my brother uh, is an architect. Oh, and he you. has the real architect's tables. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. real heavy. And he had one from college that he needed to find a home for. So I inherited it. 
And then um, my husband bought me a second big architect's drafting table. And those are very high. And I'm a very tall person. Yeah. So now when I'm cutting my fabric and doing my thing, I can stand at this waist high table and not be bending over. Right. To, uh, it's got to be do better all of for my your work. neck and your it's back. It's totally and, cool. Yeah. And then I have an architect's chair because my sewing machine's on the, that huge flat surface so that yep. while I'm quilting, I can lay that quilt out very flat those, and it's not all bunched up. So yeah, those tables are big, which is They're nice. very big. They're very, uh, yeah. And then... Uh, my uncle gave me three of those very, very old eight-foot folding tables with the real metal. Like those tables weigh oh, 30 wow. pounds a piece. And they're not the plastic ones that you get That'll nowadays. Be, it's all going to be great, fun to move. Oh, yeah. Those oh. movers are not like me right now. <laughs> um, but I put three of those together and uh, put them on risers. Okay. And that's where I can lay these very large quilts out and do the work to prep them or to pin them. Do you move the, the sewing machine around? No. It's got to no. be stationary. The right? sewing machine is pretty bring much the, always. Yep, and bring, you the, bring quilt the fabric to them to the sewing machine. <laughs> yes, enough. but I have a lot of surface space. People also use a design wall, where they use a tacky, like almost a, um, like a, a, a nubby, Chlor- like the chlorophyll? cottony uh, okay. fabric, and the fabric will stick to it, so they can put their fabric and it doesn't glue on or anything. It just stays up there, and then you can you can create visualize. Your design and step yeah. back and visualize. So yeah, I I use tables rather than a uh, than a wall because I had a basement and the walls weren't very <laughs> they weren't conducive for that type of uh, a hanging apparatus. But uh, uh, another adage for quilters: you're as good as your tools. If you start quilting, you can literally go down the rabbit hole of tools. Yeah, all the specialty items and the and the tables and the chairs and the sewing machines and the design walls and the oh everything you can rulers oh my gosh i know quilters that have 20 rulers right so (laughs) there's a ruler for every project and all kinds of things so and there's books galore and like i said youtube and craftsy are amazing places if you want to see how to do any technique you can learn it Lisa Allard, uh, it has been an hour. We I know. I didn't like. I just got books. Do this last three paragraphs of information for people. This has been fascinating. Thank, Thank you, you so. I'm so psyched that you came to the show yesterday, and then we were able to to do this because scheduling, of course, is the hardest part. Absolutely. So this ended up being uh, incredibly fortuitous. Next time we'll talk about the history of Edward Gorey and Charles Adams. Exactly. Someone <laughs> on the Ranger page was like, "Are you going to talk about Edward Gorey? Talk about that." And it's like, I don't even know who Charles whatever is. <laughs> Uh, well, I'll tell you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for um, being on the show, Lisa Allard. Uh, everybody, find her on the Ranger page on Facebook. And you know the rules out there, Rangers. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?